What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. This is Lift and Learn, episode 16. It's January 1st, 2021, so happy New Year's to you. In this episode, I'll be breaking down what newbies need to do, and that one should be applicable to you if you're looking to kick off that New Year's resolution, which is probably something to do with being better in shape for this year. And the second topic I'll be going over is why detoxing or detox juices don't work. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon. And you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at Lift and Learn Podcast and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into the episode. So here we go. This is episode 16 of this, and it's a whole new year. So I figured now would be a good time to reflect on the first few months of this podcast, Lift and Learn. So far, I've reached over 1,000 listens so far, which is a pretty good start. I can't believe that it's only been three months of doing this podcast because honestly, I've thought about doing a podcast for a while now. Before this launch, I was talking about it to a few people since mid-2019, I believe, but the pandemic basically forced me to go out and actually start one. So at least something good came from COVID, at least for me. Going forward, I am thinking about doing two episodes a week, because I think I've nailed down this whole once-a-week podcasting thing. I can pretty much make an episode in just a few hours now that I've done it a few times, so we'll see if I can think of topics to talk about to keep this whole train going. If you do have a topic that you want me to cover on this podcast, you can message me directly on my own Instagram, at isaiah.copon, or better yet, contact me directly on the podcast's Instagram, that's at Lift and Learn Podcast, so that I know that there are questions that I should answer on here. I'm always looking for new things to talk about that my actual listeners want to hear or learn more about, so that'll help me and it'll help you out as well. Alright, enough about that. Cobra Kai Season 3 is out today. If you like Karate Kid at all, then you should definitely watch this series. Highly recommended. There's so much nostalgia there, and the show is pretty well written, and has its own funny moments as well, so I'll probably be starting season 3 later today, and we'll probably find some time to binge that this weekend as well. Gaming-wise, I spent some of my Christmas week finally getting around to playing The Last of Us. Earlier this year, I played it for a day, and I only played it for only a few hours because I got stuck on like a certain mission and I ended up giving up on it entirely. While this time, I finished it over a few days, and the game was great. All those Game of the Year awards were definitely well-deserved. It's actually pretty crazy that the studio who made the game, Naughty Dog, 
damn, they've definitely grown up. I've been playing their games since I even started gaming. When I first got my PlayStation 1 for my birthday in the 90s, I was running Crash Bandicoot and actually just finished the trilogy again a few weeks ago. Actually, I need to go back and get those platinum trophies now that I brought that up. But anyways, Naughty Dog, they actually made Crash Bandicoot back in the 90s and 2000s. They also made The Last of Us, so they've definitely turned into making more mature games as those same gamers got older. I'm looking forward to whatever they're planning on making for the PS5, and I actually started The Last of Us 2, but I'll take my time beating this one. Maybe there'll be a third one for the PS5 too, eventually, who knows. So lifting has been going great yet again. I'm so glad that gyms aren't closed where I am, and I'm thankful every day. Over the years, I've definitely taken the gym for granted, thinking they'd never close and they'd always be around, but this pandemic has obviously taught me otherwise. But anyways, I decided to add some weight to my flat bench, so I got in some sessions this week of 250 pounds for a few reps. I don't know what it is, but that's still feeling light for me, and there's still plenty of room for improvement on that one, which is great. And I've been doing this all without any pain in my elbows or shoulders, which is a good sign. About the deadlifts, it's been a rough one for me this week. And I think that's because my lower back is sore and is it's taking an extra few days to recover lately. I attempted to pull 415 earlier this week and I could barely get that off the ground. If you follow me on Instagram, you would have seen it on my story because I'm not embarrassed about failing in the gym. It happens. So yeah, I tried that 415 and it just felt so heavy. That specific day where I failed was one where I had less than 6 hours of sleep and I'm pretty sure I knew going into the workout that something would go wrong. Warming up for deadlifting, 365 on that day actually felt pretty damn heavy, but my programming called for a 415 deadlift. And like I said, I failed. I actually tried to pull it twice, but failed both times. Honestly, if I wanted to, I could have got it up and pushed myself but I could just feel like my body would just have a rough time and I probably would have hurt myself and did more harm than good in the long term, so I just decided not to push it that day. So I ended up skipping deadlifts that day and just went on with the rest of the workout, which was equally bad, but I made the best of it. And since we're talking about the gym, I totally forgot to mention that I got my first few clothes from Viore and I swear it adds strength to my lifts. I got three pairs of pants this week and two shirts, but I might have to return one of them because I ordered a small and it doesn't give me much room to grow into, so they might not fit on me in a few months if I continue to put on some size. I got two pairs of the Sunday Performance Joggers and a pair of the Balboa pants and they're all awesome. And no, this is not an ad. They're definitely the best pair of pants I now have especially because my Nike Tech fleece pants run a bit warm when I'm working out. Plus, the zipper broke on those, so I can't even wear them anymore. Hopefully, I have no problems with these pairs of pants since they were more expensive than the clothes I usually buy. So, hopefully, they last forever. And shout out to my cousin who also managed to ship me the variety pack of some Magic Spoon cereal. And no, this one is also not an ad. 
Anyways, this cereal is pretty high in protein, especially compared to normal cereal, and it's sweetened with allulose and monk fruit. I think my favorite of the four I got, oh yeah, so the four flavors I got were cocoa, blueberry, frosted, and fruity. I opened the frosted first, which is pretty good, and then I tried the blueberry, then fruity, then cocoa. I think my favorite would have to be fruity because it somehow tastes exactly like Fruit Loops. I don't know how they did that. My only complaint are that some of the flavors get stuck. I don't know, for some reason they get stuck in the back of my teeth. Also, I couldn't open the boxes without ripping it. I don't know why that happened. But besides that, they all actually taste surprisingly good for some protein cereal. If I had to rate them in order, Fruity would have to be the best. Then probably blueberry, then frosted, and then cocoa, which needs to be improved a little bit, I think. But like I said, that's just me being nitpicky. It's definitely a morning cereal replacement. So before we dive into the fitness topics for the day, there's a few things I want to talk about first. First, in England, they're trying to reduce the obesity rates, and they're going to take a step towards that but they're not actually going to be enforcing any of these rules until April 2022. Supermarkets are going to be banned from displaying unhealthy foods and drinks at checkouts and persuading people to buy them with buy one, get one free deals. Current obesity rates of adults in England is at 63%, while the USA just newly reported that they're at 73%. Oh my god. Three in four people in the USA are overweight or obese. That's insane to me. But anyways, by the time these rules are actually put into play in England, they'll probably be up to like 70%. So I don't really know why they aren't rushing this sort of rule. Like I said, this is a pretty good first step towards reducing obesity rates, but it's going to take a lot more than that to see a significant drop in rates. At least that's what I think. I'm sure if the snacks aren't right at the cash register, that'll get some people to not buy those unhealthy snacks. But, I mean, there's still going to be a snack aisle, and that won't be going anywhere anytime soon, so this will likely have a minimal impact. So it's just a tiny step in the right direction. Last but not least, here's a not-so-shocking piece of news. It's been shown that a bunch of nutrition science that we know today is actually fueled by the food industry. This shouldn't be surprising at all. I still remember a few years ago where there were studies saying that milk was the best thing to have post-workout when compared to other things, and then it turns out that the study was funded by milk companies. That being said, milk is a pretty good post-workout drink because of the protein content. But anyways, getting back on topic, apparently one out of eight peer-reviewed studies is tied to some sort of business. And yeah, it's been going on for a while now. It's called funding bias, and it happens in science too, not just the food industry. Question 1. What do newbies need to do? So here's a question that I wanted to cover since it's the start of the new year. And the start of the new year is usually a big day for gyms and personal trainers all over the world, since New Year's resolutions are still a thing. Unfortunately, gyms are closed in a lot of places all over the world, even in my hometown in Ontario, Canada, so gym owners are missing out on one of the biggest revenue days of the year. But anyways, a lot of resolutions that people begin to make during the new year 
and I'm sure you've made it before, is something along the lines of being better in shape for the year, getting stronger, or losing some kind of weight this year, whether that be 10, 20, or 100 pounds. So that's why I figured it would be great to cover this topic to kick this podcast off on the first day of the year because it's a question that I'll be getting a lot for sure, so things I say here will definitely apply to you. So what does a newbie need to do to stay in shape? And this could also answer the question of what you should do to get started down this path of weight loss or just being more healthy overall. The fact that you're here looking for answers is already a good first step. The first thing I'll say is that you need to train appropriately for yourself. If you're really new to exercise and fitness, then you need to just focus on one thing at once. You can't go into your new fitness journey and just say, I'm going vegan, I'm, and I'm going to work out every day, or I'm going to fast for 18 hours every day and take all of these supplements, and then you expect to be at your goal in a few weeks or a few months. No, that's not the approach that you want to take because it's not that simple. You can't just be healthy for a short period of time and expect to be healthy forever. Obviously, that's not going to work. It doesn't work that way, and that's with anything in life. What's going to give you success is doing something consistently for a long period of time. So that means what you need to do is work on things slowly. Focus on one thing at once. Especially if you've repeatedly tried to lose weight using this method where you change your whole lifestyle all at once, it's not sustainable. Maybe this is the fifth year in a row now you've told yourself that this would be the year where you finally achieve your dream body. In reality, people give up on their resolutions only a few days or weeks into the new year. So you need to find a way to make this all more sustainable. And changing your whole life all at once It's not going to be something you're going to be able to stick to in the long term, and you might already know that if you've attempted this multiple times in a row. Let's face it, being healthy, it does require lifestyle change. Because your lifestyle so far, for the most part, is why you may be unhappy with the way you look or feel. You didn't just get to this weight or just be unhappy with yourself overnight. You got there gradually over all these years. The thing is, if you change things in your life slowly, it should create better habits for you. Ultimately, people fear change. I mean, how many times has Facebook changed their user interface over the years, or Instagram changed their layout, and people are immediately quick to say how horrible it is. But then after a week, you don't even remember what it was like the old way, because you got so used to the new way already. Remember when Instagram had that blue color in their interface, or remember when the icon was a retro camera? Yeah, people complained about those changes once upon a time too. This is similar to how this fitness journey is going to be for you too. If you're new to this whole thing, just change one thing at a time, and try to stick with it for a week or two before adding something new. So bringing it back to my first point earlier, where I said your mindset may be to go vegan, work out every day, take all these supplements. Just choose one of those things to change at first, because you don't need to take such an extreme approach. No, you don't need to go vegan or detox yourself, which I'll be covering in topic two for today. You don't need to go vegan or vegetarian to see changes in your body. What you most likely need to do is add more vegetables in your diet. 
You should know that eating vegetables and these greens will give you some kind of benefits in life, and that's because it'll give you micronutrients and vitamins that will better your skin or benefit your skin, overall health, and give you an increased fiber intake, which could help with weight loss as well. So when it comes to diet, add these vegetables in your diet and have them alongside lunch and or dinner. If you currently don't eat any vegetables, then just try having it for one meal or having it with one meal every few days and try to stick with that. If that becomes easy for you, try it for two meals a day or try it for one meal more frequently throughout the week, whatever works for you. Ultimately, your end goal here is to get to a point where you have vegetables with every meal to reap the most amount of benefits. This will give you the added benefit of actually eating less throughout the day since you're eating those vegetables, which is basically filling up your stomach more with a lower calorie alternative. As opposed to just eating your carb sources like pasta and rice and meats, if you have that vegetable there and you're constantly eating it, that'll lower your calorie intake from other higher calorie foods. So if we're talking about exercise, of course it's going to be important for you to move more if you want to be healthy. Most people's lives, especially now, is just sitting around the house, working at home on the computer, and then your leisure time includes more sitting or more lying down in maybe a different part of the house, watching Netflix or Disney+. And trust me, even I get into these situations pretty often these days too, especially on my off days. But at least I try to make at least a little bit of effort to get up and move every hour or so, whether that means doing some simple chores around the house or doing a quick two to five minute stretch routine. I actually found out recently that I can slide around my place if I'm wearing socks, so I even spend a minute or two just sliding across my place. I mean, it seems stupid, I know, but it at least gets me moving and up off the couch as opposed to just sitting down and honestly, I can just feel my back progressively getting tighter and tighter. So yeah, these days it's important to just try and get more movement in to stay healthy because we're not moving around that much because of the pandemic. So if you're looking to get started in the gym, if you can, or better yet, even at home, you might just be practicing something like a squat. Because if you've been inactive for a while, you're going to find that doing a bodyweight squat properly, it's going to be really hard or pretty much currently impossible because you probably haven't had to get into a squat in decades. So here's where a good personal trainer might be handy during these times. That person could help you by assessing your own movement patterns, and that'll help you know where you should start and what you can do going forward. This is important because everyone is different. Depending on the outcomes of the assessment, that will tell you exactly what you need to work on. Like I said, if a squat is difficult for you, then this may mean you need to work on hip or ankle mobility type of movements. And these days, pretty much everyone is suffering from some sort of upper back tightness with the way our lives have shaped us from being hunched over on our laptops, gaming for hours a day, or even just watching TV in the living room. In terms of the workouts, again, get into these slowly. And when you do get into it, you're going to need to track your workouts if you don't already. That could include weights and reps, or even keeping track of your own mobility issues that you need to work on and see if you're improving. And in terms of progress and tracking, progress will come slowly, but as long as you're consistent with it, then you'll see the progress and gains over time. 
So reflect on that progress every few weeks or months to see if you're progressing the right way. And when it comes to workouts, eventually you're going to want to do the big compound lifts. These compound lifts work multiple parts of your body. Not like just doing a bicep curl, which is just working on your bicep, of course. Compound movements involve multiple muscles and joints, so you're doing an exercise that's stimulating more of your body, which turns into more muscle growth and more fat loss and more calories burnt. So this includes trying to progress or get stronger in the squat, some form of a deadlift, a bench press, and a row. You can even toss the overhead press in there as well. If you can't do those currently, then progress to getting to a point where you can do those. That may mean taking weeks or months to mobilize certain areas like your hips or ankles or even your shoulders to get to a point where you can squat because that's a tough one to perfect and if you're older, you may not even be mobile enough to do one. That means doing some mobility work or doing assisted squats at first. That may mean holding onto something while you squat or having a bench underneath your butt as you squat. That's why it's going to be tough to just tell you on a podcast specifically where you need to start because everyone's going to be different in this department and everyone has different challenges when it comes to working on these big compound lifts. So when you do get to a point where you can do all five of those movements, the next part is to get stronger in those movements. This is going to be way more useful than just doing classes or new workouts every time you work out because getting stronger is going to be a huge key when it comes to staying in shape or making progress. You need to track progress. If you're getting stronger, that's the key. If you're getting stronger, then it's a sure sign that you're building muscle and burning fat as well. If you're doing the same workout over and over again, you'll quickly get to a point where your progress will plateau. I've had so many people over the years tell me, and they're usually older people, I've had so many of them tell me that their workouts have literally been curling the same 20-pound dumbbell and shoulder pressing the same 10 or 15-pound dumbbell for 12 reps and doing the same amount of couch dips every single workout. And they've been doing that for years. And yes, that's better than nothing, but eventually you're going to want to make some sort of progress. And that's why tracking is so important. Because if you're not challenging your body, then it has no reason to change or build muscle or burn more fat than usual. Speaking of tracking, you need to track your food. Maybe you don't have to do it at first, but you're going to have to eventually if you want to continue to make progress. If you don't track your food, you won't know what you're taking in. And eventually you'll also hit some sort of plateau. Yes, you've heard it over and over again, and I've heard the same excuses over and over again. But it takes up so much time, I don't know how to measure, I don't have a food scale, how do I track this food? What can you do if you don't have a scale? Well, first, go order one on Amazon or wherever. Probably a good one to find one that takes AAA batteries since they're more common, as opposed to some food scales which have the less common circular ones, and I've made that mistake before. You should be able to find a food scale for less than $20 these days, so you're not breaking the bank at all. I'm sure we've wasted more than $20 on something we didn't end up needing or using. And you can see this purchase as investing in yourself, which is something that you should always be doing. In the meantime, if you're waiting for your food scale to arrive, 
then you can familiarize yourself with MyFitnessPal or whatever app you want. There are prettier ones if you want to use those. At the very least, you need to write down your meals and see if they're balanced. Do you have a good amount of protein, a good amount of fat, a good amount of carbs, a vegetable? Do you eat a fruit every day? And if you don't know what a protein, fat, or carb is, then you're going to learn a lot. And even after using the app for almost 10 years, I'm still learning about the macronutrients of some foods. Why is tracking your food so important? Because you can manipulate your body weight up or down by manipulating the amount of calories you eat. Yes, calories in and out is pretty important when it comes to weight loss, but there are a few other factors that come into play like micronutrients and stuff like that. If you want to know more about tracking your food, I'll be talking more about how important tracking your food is next week as well. Sorry, as well, in case you wanted to know more about it. You need to be careful when starting a resistance training routine. Usually when I do get a new client, they tell me, yeah, I'm ready to go. I can go to the gym every day. But it's usually not a good idea to do that. If you've gone from doing nothing to wanting to go to the gym every day, then for 99% of you who try this method, it won't work. A better approach would be to take it easy, like I said, one thing at a time. Try to do it twice or even just once a week for a month or so. Because you're going to realize how time-consuming it is or it'll actually be to go to the gym every day when your life is already busy enough as it is. Maybe if you're listening to this and you're younger and maybe have less responsibilities, then maybe you can do five days a week. But for most people who have to make their meals, go out and do groceries, and maybe you just rather watch Netflix for four hours a day, then it's going to be a tough time trying to go five days a week. For me, when I started lifting, besides when I was in high school where I had to lift weights for a high school credit, I started lifting, and I didn't start lifting until I was a few days into studying health and fitness at Humber College. So I was 22 or 23 at the time. I went three times in the first week, and then I went every day for the first few months or so. But for me at the time, I had no responsibilities besides school, so I was just able to spend most of my time in the gym because I had access to the gym that was right on campus. But for most people, this is not going to be the case, so you have to reflect on what your life is looking like right now. Honestly, I used to be that trainer in my first year or two that would try to push clients to do as many sessions per week, because in my mind I figured that would be the best way to see progress, and a little bit selfishly I figured that would mean an increase in how much I was making as well. But in reality, it was usually the person who would do only one or two sessions a week. What would usually happen is that I'd see a client four to six times a week and after a month or two, They'd quit, and that's because they were likely burnt out or started to make excuses every single time because it was just too time-consuming. That happened a few times until I realized that I wasn't really helping anyone achieve their goals anymore because they would only see a little progress for a month or two before they'd get back to their regular lifestyle, and that would cause them to be even farther than their goals than they were when they even started. Ultimately, the best approach to bettering your own health and fitness is to incorporate things slowly in your life. And that'll lead to it being more sustainable over a period of time, like I've said how many times already. If you're doing nothing in terms of bettering your own health, then just try adding one 10 or 15 minute session a week 
where you could even just start with a stretching or mobility routine at first and then go to practicing movements like a squat or a lunge. Maybe you need assistance at first, but progress from there. Try a session a week for a month, and then if you're able to easily incorporate that into your life, then try two sessions a week next month and see how that goes. Good luck with your journey. Question two, does detoxing or detoxes like teas work? I felt the need to bring this up because one of my clients this week actually asked me about this. Some detoxes will claim to release toxins in your body, help arrest your organs from overworking, stimulate your liver, and the biggest claim is that you'll lose weight. Most common ways to detox that I've seen include some kind of fasting or not eating for an extended period of time. Sometimes that could mean a few days or drinking lots of smoothies and juices. It could also mean taking certain supplements or laxatives and could mean eliminating things like coffee or cigarettes. First off, it's not going to be the fit teas on Instagram that will detox you. There's actually not much evidence, if any at all, that detox diets actually work or actually remove any toxins from your body. What actually detoxes you is your own body. Liver, kidneys, guts, lungs, skin. So yeah, there's very little evidence that detoxes even work because it doesn't actually eliminate toxins from your body. It just empties your intestine in a best case scenario. So like I said, when it comes to eliminating toxins, aka actually detoxing your body, you evolved to do just that. Your body eliminates all of your excess toxins on its own. That's what it was made to do. Your liver does that for you and you eliminate the waste through your bowel movements. That's when you poo or pee. What you can do to limit the amount of toxins you have is to actually just be a healthy individual on a day-to-day -day basis. That means exercising, eating properly, and sleeping properly. So if you're already doing that, then you don't need to take any extra steps to detox your body. You definitely don't need those detox teas to help you become healthier. Just take the proper steps and just be healthy and you'll notice a vast amount of improvements. That's more than just what the weight on the scale says or how you look. Your body will eliminate toxins by itself. That's what it's evolved to do. Let your liver do its job and help it out by consuming a good diet overall with all kinds of greens, seeds, along with lean protein, good carb sources, and a dose of fiber. Do that consistently and that'll do more for you in the long term when compared to these detoxes and starving yourself. Things you can take away from detoxing that could actually lead to you improving your health is getting rid of those bad habits you may have like drinking too much alcohol or smoking cigarettes. Either find alternatives or wean yourself off of those serious things like cigarettes slowly because doing it cold turkey may make quitting harder. So find alternatives or decrease your usage slowly. So detoxing, it's not healthy for you either. Unfortunately, people will claim that they do work because they lose weight doing this kind of thing. Well, why do you think that is? It's pretty simple. Usually a detox diet includes drinking a minimal amount of calories only 
Or it may be something along the lines of only consuming only a few foods daily. Or it could just mean drinking just juices for a day or maybe even a few days. They'll all usually be something along those lines. While obviously you're going to lose weight doing something like this because you're not taking in any calories. Now ultimately, is that a healthy thing to do? Well, you should already know the answer. That's no. It's not much different than starving yourself, honestly. It's the same strategy. Those weight loss effects are just going to be temporary because once you start eating again, you're, you'll be sure to gain that weight back. Or even gain more weight back than you originally had since you deprived the body of your nutrients for a few days or a week or whatever the guidelines of these diets are. So no, there is no magic juice that will cleanse your body. There are some good things to take away from certain detox juices or whatever if you can even call them that. The good thing about these juices is that they may have ingredients that you probably lack on a day-to-day -day basis. That being said, here's something better to do. If your juice or whatever actually contains good ingredients and vitamins, then actually incorporate them into your diet. Find out exactly what they are and implement those fruits and vegetables or whatever ingredients and add those into your diet. Don't strictly just only have those fruits or vegetables throughout the day though. Have them with your food or as snacks. Those ingredients and nutrients on top of your good diet is how you're going to get healthy. If your green juice has spinach and kiwis, then of course it would be good to have daily, but starving yourself and only having that? Yeah, it's no wonder why you're going to lose weight, but you'll 100% be losing muscle along with fat. And you're likely going to put at least some of that weight back on as soon as you start getting back to your regular diet. So this is why tracking your food is important. So you can find out actual ways for you to lose weight if that's your goal. Track and see exactly what you need to eat. Whew. So one more thing about juicing before I move on. Like I said, it really is just a way of starving yourself by not eating enough calories. Of course, you'll lose weight doing something like this, but it's not all about weight on the scale in the first place, which a lot of people don't realize. Juicing will actually make it more difficult because you're not eating food. That means you're going to feel lower energy throughout the day than just eating the foods instead. Juicing actually gets rid of the fiber content in the fruit, so it actually would make more sense to actually just eat the whole fruit instead. Now, I already went over the benefits of fiber in episode 9. In case you forgot what some of the benefits were, then just know that fiber will regulate your digestive system more will help you be more regular in the bathroom, and will actually keep you fuller for a longer time. And with that last point, that means you may actually eat less food throughout the day, since you're feeling fuller than just drinking the juice, which strips away the skin, which is where you'll find most of the fiber content. So why do people think detoxes work? Well, it's probably because they lose weight on the scale. If you do feel better on a detox, then it's usually because you stop doing that pesky bad habit that they've been doing for years. That's likely the cause of what's making them feel better or more energized throughout the day. Restricting calories this severely, like most detoxes tend to make you do, to an extreme point will actually lead to bad health overall, no matter how you look at it. That's starving yourself and could lead to a more serious eating disorder like bulimia, 
where you're just focused on losing weight by simply not eating. When it comes to detoxes, it's all about marketing. The companies make all of these outrageous claims to make you feel better or give you more mood or whatever else. They honestly, they just say whatever they can to survive. And the industry does a really good job at it since it's a multi-billion dollar industry. So don't fall for the scams. And that concludes episode 16 of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast. Again, thanks for listening. And be sure to tune in next week with another episode where I'll be talking about why you need to track your food and why BMI is basically useless.